And remember, when Al Capone was incarcerated in Philadelphia, his cell was very well furnished. It even had the ghost of someone that he murdered, and prisoners and guards alike noted him yelling for Jimmy to get out of his bed. I grew up on the internet, and while I found and studied art and literature from many sources, it's still fair to say my tastes run extremely online. I'm a writer, a mom of internet kids, an English teacher, and a novice internet spelunker. Together with my wife, a novelist, digital and analog game designer, theoretically a physicist, and Twitter provocateur, we are going to read, analyze, and bring to you our favorite internet folklore. We're focusing right now on the SCP Foundation collection of tales and visual art, best, and only truly viewed on the internet. You can find out more at scp-wiki.net. So, you know me, I'm Mina, I'm with my wife Liv, but we have a special guest in preparation for a later October event. Uh, we wanted to throw out a practice with our, our sister, sister-in-law and sister, respectively. Uh, and this is Sarah. Say hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. And Oh, dear. And there we go. Starting off that <laughs> way. Uh, Sarah is in Philadelphia, so we're doing this over the intertubes. And nothing could possibly go wrong. Nothing it's basically all. magic. It's Yeah, there's magic, there are elves, it'll be fine. And Sarah has selected some stories to let Liv pick so she can pick an SCP that Sarah likes. And it'll be the same format, but this time it'll be somebody else doing the hard work. Yeah. The hard work is what I do. Oh, that's right. The hard work is what you do. Yeah. I, talk about, I talk about obscure rural Ohio sodas. And you won't have to text okay this time because she's here she's here it'll save us a lot of time i know all about ski pop okay <laughs> the life yeah. of southeastern ohio yeah yeah if you heard the last episode um this is what we call conceptual continuity or narrative continuity <laughs> um because I, I was talking about um ski the um slightly radioactive um lemon lime soda that is similar to mountain dew it's very popular in southeastern ohio and a few other parts um of the you know, that area. I couldn't think of the name at first. And I text messaged my sister and we talked back and forth a little bit. But regardless, I came up with the fact that it was called Ski. And um, now my sister is a connoisseur of all things radioactive soda. <laughs> well, a connoisseur of all things Southeastern Ohio. Yeah, that's what I said. And, and Same thing, knowing yeah. about radio, radioactive sodas are very on brand, right? Is yeah. Excellent. This is important. And, you know, at any time, if Liv needs to, or if I need to, we're going to break in, and then Sarah will pick back up. And yes. we have a guest. Hi, Rachel. Hi. Okay. I'm waving at the screen. Yeah, because she's just going to respond to that. That's great. We're, we're very professional over here. Oh, like a listening guest. Yeah. Hello. Listening in. So if we fuck up, she's going to hear it. And go oh, yeah. no. No pressure. Fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, we're doomed. Okay, yeah. all right. <laughs> She gets to hear the director's cut. That's where we say, um, and actually, and, mm, and, <sighs> but it gets edited out in the final version. It's kind of like the Zack Snyder cut, except we say, um, instead of more rape. What? <laughs> <laughs> that also gets cut, that one. There you go. Sarah, why don't you give Liv her choices for today? All right. So today we've got SCP-2006, Too Spooky. And then we also have SCP-1545, which is Larry the Loving Llama. Okay, I'm, I think I'm going to go with the first one because yeah. I don't like the alliteration. So <laughs> I was like, maybe I'll pick the one that'll be impossible to say. <laughs> and it's in there like constantly too. You have to say it eight or nine times if you're in a... Hi, Dobie. For, for whatever it's worth, 2006, 2006 has been oft requested by our three listeners over at the SCP Declassified Discord. Uh, that has been a number one suggestion from them a couple of times. So this is a hot. Yeah. Ooh, again, yeah, no, no, no pressure. Very hot, very excited. Yeah. Everybody's very excited. But while, while it is an oft-requested, I have no idea what she's talking about, but while it is an oft-requested one, Sarah <laughs> is actually only picking SCP-2006 because that's the year that My Chemical Romance's Blackbird came out. It is not. I don't want to talk about it, okay? That's the year that my that's the year that Panic of the Disco split up, and I'm really, really sensitive about it, so it's not actually... Are you kidding me? Really? Did you just look that up? 
I gave her shit, okay? I hate both of you. Good. There are already emo jokes. That's how I, that's how I know I'm home. <laughs> oh, no worry. We'll be joking about Panic in the Disco before too long. I don't even know about that. That's I, too new for me. I, I, I only know it because she posts about it on Facebook. That's that's as much as I know about that group. Listen, I want y'all to know, Liv, you helped me download Panic at the Disco. Oh, that did was I? you. Yeah. You taught we're, me about Oh, Hunter. okay. We're admitting to high crimes here on the podcast. Well, I'm, I'm very proud. <laughs> No, I, I didn't say that you did it. I said yeah, you were talking yeah, yeah. about it. No, that's no, good. No one would do crimes. We would start- never, ever. You wouldn't download a car. Why would you downloading download Downloading isn't illegal. It's uploading that's illegal. Oh, okay. Well, I wouldn't download a car because how would I? What would I do then? I would have a car. And then, <laughs> that's no good. You can't drive that anywhere. <laughs> Dovey would totally download a car. Some of our listening audience would download cars. So there you go. Too spooky. Two thousand six. By. Good writer, I guess. Everybody loves it. So you want to get started, Sarah. Okay, great. Um, so to start off, I'm going to say that in the SCP wiki, uh, accompanying this story is a screenshot from the movie Robot yes. Oh, God, I got to look it up, though. Yeah, so let, let me pull it up. I usually text so I can follow along. Um, 2006. Mm-hmm. SCP 2006. Just don't read ahead. Oh, fuck. There would have been no question if I saw the picture. Yeah, I would have right. automatically jumped for it. See, I kind of pandered it a little bit. I was like, I know I like this one. I'm sure that y'all oh, yeah. will like this, this one. Is, this is my shit. This is extremely my shit. Continue. <laughs> okay, great. So we've got uh, item number SCP-2006, object class Keter. Uh, are we pronouncing that like the Hebrew? We are now. All right, cool. <laughs> object class Keter. Special containment procedures. SCP-2006 is to be contained at Site-118 in an airtight containment cell. SCP-2006 must be constantly monitored for changes in form, which are to be noted immediately. All personnel coming into contact with SCP-2006 are required to enroll in an acting course with a focus on expressing fear and (laughs) surprise. Every month, SCP-2006 is to be shown at least one new extremely low-quality horror or science fiction movie containing horror elements. All interaction with SCP-2006 must confirm that SCP-2006 continues to believe that said works demonstrate a superb grasp of horror. Okay, so we'll pause there a minute. The the trick with an SCP is that the containment is supposed to give you a hint of what's to come and start to, it's to tantalize you, to make you go, oh, what the hell is in there? So with that in mind, Liv, how you doing? Well, my first thought is that I um, want to know when it was gotten, okay. when it was procured, mm-hmm. um, because that, like I feel like eventually you'd run out. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, or you'd have to start doing like modern horror movies, right? Yeah, but there aren't. There's not one every month, at least uh, on. I mean, you'd have to you'd have to go really, really, really digging. I, I'm just thinking about it in terms of like Mystery Science Theater 3000. Near the last couple of seasons, they were mostly doing like spy thrillers and stuff because they ran out of horror movies mm. um, that they could get the rights to. And I mean, of course, you could do modern ones, but there are more um, there are more months than there are episodes of Mystery Science Theater Three Thousand. I'm going to argue though that um, with this uh, SCP, you don't have to have something in a specific language. It doesn't say that it only speaks English, for example. So you could have all yeah. of the horror movies and. With the advent of things like YouTube, you can find, you know, your Marble Hornets. You can find your Lonely Girl. Absolutely, That's got a but level my of my sort of my follow up thought there, and where I was getting to originally was that, like, I wonder if the um, I wonder if the the SCP people actually make little films oh my god so that's a different scp and it is so good and we will read that later like yeah like if they have agents who are specially not like specially trained but like they took a, a one-on-one theater class Liv, you are on the nose there's another <laughs> scp that is so close to what you're saying it's hilarious that's that would so be really good. cool yeah that's so good okay all right good but you're you're tantalized you're a little bit interested yeah 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 it sounds really fun you're grabbed okay cool sarah did you have any comments about the containment procedures um, not so far. All right, cool, cool, cool. So let's go on to the description. All right, here we go. <clears throat> description. SCP-2006 is an anomalous spherical entity, roughly 50 centimeters in diameter, when in its default state. SCP-2006's stated goal is to cause feelings of fear and or horror in as many humans as possible. 
To accomplish this purpose, SCP-2006 possesses the ability to change its shape, mass, volume, density, chemical structure, and voice to any form that it desires. Currently, there's no known way to damage SCP-2006. The extent of its shape-shifting abilities is unknown, and it's currently thought to be unlimited. <clears throat> currently, SCP-2006 has demonstrated a fondness for taking the forms of various entities and villains from the various horror and science fiction movies that it has witnessed. The most common form that SCP-2006 has taken is that of Roman from the 1953 movie Robot Monster. So it's already a cooler cosplayer than, like, most everyone at Comic-Con. Basically. Um, how bad would you smell wearing that as a costume at Comic-Con? Pretty bad. You'd be like dinner <laughs> yeah yeah this is the, but you know robot monster is much cooler than uh you know i'm zombie deadpool or whatever i you're gonna offend all the listeners man it's gonna be really bad I, I, yeah i mean that's that's highly possible okay, but i'm just trying let's, to be let's honest find a happy medium though how about roman deadpool roman dead that would be awful or awesome <laughs> like if he just took that costume as is and just tried to stretch a Deadpool uh, hood over the top of it, but it doesn't fit and it rips and you just, and that's it. See, I was just thinking Roman Deadpool, like... Roman Deadpool would be a whole different I guess thing. the phallic imagery would be really cool. <laughs> that's a place we went. All right, cool. Nice trip. Nice knowing you. <laughs> Any other thoughts so far? Um, I the, the most random thing that I'm thinking right now is the little sphere that is completely mutable reminds me of um, one of the angels from Evangelion. Um, but it doesn't cosplay, it just like wrecks things. You know, though, there's, <clears throat> there might be more of a connection than you realize. Yeah, maybe it's actually cosplaying as one of the angels from Evangelion. Uh, <laughs> we will not be showing 2006 Evangelion. That's not going to happen. That's a very bad plan. Life goals. Very Oh yeah, no, it says it right here in the fine print. Never ever show them that movie that lived just. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the subtext. She's got. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> she's reading from the master page. You're just looking. She's got the director's cut. Yes, she does. <laughs> I'm the author. She's, she's well connected in the SCP community. It's like the Zack Snyder. No. No, we, we done that one. <laughs> that one done done. But that one got cut. No, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Let's see how lazy I feel when it's time to cut through things. Okay, anyhow. Did you? Go ahead, Sarah. SCP-2006 is capable of speaking even when it possesses the form of an entity that is normally unable to speak. SCP-2006 will generally attempt to startle and or scare any individual it comes into contact with, but after doing so, will become affable and friendly. The reason behind this is currently unknown. Um, it's not unknown, it's called aftercare. <laughs> oh, this just got weird. <laughs> awesome. It got awesome. Okay. My fetish is. <laughs> I cannot achieve arousal if you are not wearing a gorilla costume with a robot head. I just. It's. <sighs> Listen, y'all don't know because you've been married forever, but dating's really, really hard. <laughs> You do what you gotta do. Somebody says you need to dress like Robot Monster, you dress like Robot Monster. Well, I mean, the thing is, like, if you see the, a picture of Robot Monster on, on Tinder, like, you swipe that shit. You like, do. I absolutely do. <laughs> if only to find out, like, <laughs> what's the worst that could happen? You're intrigued, right? You're like, okay, let's see what this person has to say. Are they a person? The worst that could happen is it's literally a gorilla in a robot helmet. And that's not even... And honestly, I've been on worst days. Yeah, I was gonna say... <laughs> Like your 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 average your average guy on Tinder. Like that's <laughs> the critical spin-off show where Sarah just tells us about her terrible dates. Oh my lord, I could honestly go on for hours about it. <laughs> oh no. Oh, I need a drink. <laughs> yeah. Alright, alright, okay, okay, okay. SCP Sarah Conjugal Party. No. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Hey, you can write them up with SCPs. That would work, too. <laughs> just to oh, what if there's, like, an SCP bachelorette, like, situation? Oh, my God. I just snorted monster out my nose. Okay, so, <laughs> ethically speaking, the Foundation must employ prostitutes. I'm listening. <laughs> Go with me on that. Okay. So, <laughs> not all, but some of the humanoid... Um, people that they their their containment mm -hmm. units the the scp some of them are just people with weird powers right and so they're adults who are have normal functions and they're perfectly normal 
it would be cruel to like restrict them from all conjugal contact simply because they have the ability to teleport or whatever. Like you couldn't ethically limit a human being who has committed no crimes from ever experiencing normal, necessary human things, right? Um, really? So I have two uh, One of the how ethical are we in containing these SCPs? I think there's like a, a little bit of a line. I mean, and the second point is, what did Professor X do? <laughs> um, if you, if I you imagine don't... The, the X kids, the X Men kids, they were all fucking, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. not according to um, Dead, Deadpool's canon. Well, yeah, they're all virgins. That's right. <laughs> and we, we do default to the Deadpool canon at all times, I guess. Usually, the ethics of it are cold, but not cruel, right? Like, that's how you're supposed to present the foundation when you're doing the writing for them. And it just seems to me that, like, never ever having conjugal relations is cruel, not cold. Sure. Well, I also think it's also going to be a case-for-case thing, because you you have to have, like, regional directors and stuff, right? Right, right. Well, every given one is going to have different takes on that. Right. So some of them might allow it, while some of them might not. But that means, theoretically... There are professional sex workers employed by the foundation because they would have to be able to be, you know, NDA'd out the ass, right? Yeah. Because of security reasons and everything. Man, that would be a cool job. That would be a really cool job. Because <laughs> you'd have to be part therapist and part, you know, sex worker. So it would be like. Again, modern dating. It's exactly like modern dating, except you're getting paid for it. <laughs> and less monsters. Mm. Can you imagine the. Less likely to get murdered. <laughs> no, well, more likely to get murdered. No, maybe less. No, less. <laughs> Let's go with the same. The same percentage of possibility. Anyhow, that got weird. Okay, cool. That was a long and therapeutic tangent. Okay, where were we? Here we are. Although SCP-2006 has repeatedly stated its goal of causing as much fear as possible, SCP-2006 is a poor judge of concepts that cause fear in humans and constantly searches for new methods in which to accomplish its goal. This poor recognition extends to recognition of emotions in humans, as SCP-2006 is incapable of distinguishing between subtle differences in emotion that would be obvious to a human. Okay, very good. So it's um, the director of um, Birdemic, James Nguyen. <laughs> Man, you could show him Birdemic. That would be good. That he is would, a horror movie. He would turn into a CGI bird. It would be awesome. Oh my god. It would be the same CGI bird <laughs> over and over again in the same exact space on the screen. <laughs> For the sake of this being a, a, a log, an interview log, which we've never had before. I don't know. Um, Sarah, do you want to go back and forth? Sure. Do you want to be the doctor or do you want to be Roman? I want to be Roman. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Okay. Very good. <laughs> okay. So the introduction then? Uh, or? Yeah, you read the introduction, and I'll just read the doctor, and you read 2006. Got it. Interview log, SCP-2006. Interviewer, Dr. Luff. How do you say his name? Their name. I, that's why I was leaving it to you. <laughs> <laughs> that was cruel. Okay. <laughs> All right, cool, not cruel. Gotcha. Uh, interview log, SCP-2006. Interviewer, Dr. Luff. Interviewed, SCP-2006. Dr. Luff enters the room. SCP-2006 is seen crouched near the door. SCP-2006 is in its Roman form. SCP-2006 proceeds to leap out of its crouch, throwing its arms in the air. Fear me, mortal! I am the mighty Roman! Coward! In fear! Dr. Luff screams and stumbles backwards, raising his hands in protection. Uh... <laughs> it's just me, Doc. I got you pretty good, didn't I? Please, mighty Roman, don't hurt me. It's what I do, Doc. <laughs> Boo! SCP-2006? Oh, 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 Lord. You really frightened me there. I was about to have a heart attack. <laughs> Still got it. So was there something that you wanted to talk about, Doc? Yes, uh, I was wondering. Why exactly do you feel the need to cause fear in others? Mm, I don't understand the question. That is, why do you scare people? Oh, that's an easy one. I scare people because it's fun. And, you know, it's what I do. Just like you do doctory stuff, I do scary stuff. I'm the best at it. I don't really see what else there is about it. That you are. I'll take my leave then. 
Come back around soon. I'll have some really scary stuff next time. By the way, uh, I will eat your soul. Let me out of here. I'm going to die of fright. Uh, did you have any comments on the log? Uh, no. No. <laughs> no. Oh, wow. You're, you're that speechless? Our art is that beautiful to you? That's all I need. That's, I just need a little, you know, positive affirmations there. <laughs> Addendum. The current site director for Site 118 has issued the following memorandum regarding SCP-2006. I've been getting reports of some of the lax behavior regarding SCP-2006. Many personnel have been heard laughing at SCP-2006 during surveillance when it watches a new movie or when it attempts to scare individuals. Some personnel have been heard questioning why SCP-2006 is classified as a Keter entity. I'm here to remind you that a Keter entity is a Keter entity, regardless of how innocuous it may seem. No, SCP-2006 is not a rampaging demigod, nor is it a regenerating super lizard. However, it possesses the same level of danger as any other Keter that the Foundation has contained. Think of SCP-2006's purpose. It wishes to scare people. Imagine what would happen if SCP-2006 broke containment and found out what really scared people. Imagine if it saw the horror and fear of war or the concepts of paranoia or phobias common to each and every human being. Imagine if it found the true horror of a nuclear holocaust or XK class scenario. Now couple that with an entity that possesses shape-shifting abilities with no known limits and you'll understand why it's classified as Keter. All personnel mentioned above have been suitably disciplined. I do not want to hear about this again. Dr. Randall Owings, Site 118 Director. Well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good, like, clincher. Because I feel like anybody can read through that and go, yeah, I could see how that could probably be a problem. But, like, I I like that they lay it out there just in case you really put together why this is a Keter. Yeah. I feel like that should be um, reflected in the uh, containment, though. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, because honestly, there are a lot of horror movies that do address the things that this doctor is concerned about in very, very real ways. So you can't show him a Godzilla? Um, yeah, like, I, I, yeah, like that, it sort of falls apart in that sense. Because the doctor is like, let's not show him the things that people are really afraid of. And, but like, we are actually showing him things that, like, if the thing turned into God, Gojira, then I would be deathly afraid and i think it's pretty obvious that i would be uh so there's got to be more to it than that i feel like the doctor is applying really weak elementary logic here so what do you what about you sarah what grabbed you about this i mean other than it's just it's a fun read like there's no question about that um well so it's kind of twofold for me because uh first of all obviously i love it it's very fun very goofy um highly relatable for me because i like to scare basically everybody in my life constantly you are um, <laughs> i do try to be as terrible as possible but it, it, it it's fun because it's kind of a journey you're going through this kind of goofy um science fictiony like just weird silly skit and everything and then you get to the end and it's like no seriously actually this is a big problem and you need to stop making fun of it um and i really appreciate the kind of like somber finality of it where it's like no like stop here's your one-two punch yeah yeah, so like I've seen a lot of these. Um, I've now seen a lot of these in development. So the writing community for the foundation is very active, and so there's a lot of like, hey, here's this draft I wrote. People are like, that's pretty good, but here's the flaws in it. So I feel like, and I don't know that that's the case, but I can totally see a situation where somebody wrote the first part, and it was cool, and people were like, yeah, that's cool, and then somebody was like, I don't get why it's scary, and they were like, but because it could be anything, it could be something really hard. Well, you need to say that. And that's where that last bit came in. I could see the production of it. I don't know that it went that way, but that would make sense to me in my head. Yeah. I'm missing the discovery log. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that would be a really fun addition to it. Um, because how do they find this weird, like, spherical entity? And why do they find it? And, and, and like, how do they find out that this was what it did? Right. Right. That's always That's always a curiosity for me. Like, okay... A lot of the earlier skips, older series, this is just this thing we have, and because science, we know this is what it does. But I like later on when they started to develop more like, here's the conditions that we discovered this thing in, and that's how we know what we 
Well, I mean, I think that that would be pretty easy actually to address anyway, because yeah. like, I mean, it would be just as easy as, uh, you know, group of people is in a place, Roman jumps out or whatever, and it's like, <laughs> oh, and they're like, what? And then it turns into something bigger. Right, because they weren't scared of that, so yeah. Or I could also see it the other way. Uh, like maybe the, the entity didn't discover Roman until it was shown one of these silly, low-quality horror movies and was like, oh, this is what's really frightening. You know, maybe they captured it because it was Godzilla or because it was, you know, the X-Man of New Orleans or whatever it might be. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we swooped in, the SCP Foundation swooped in and captured it. It was like, wait a minute, this isn't what it looks to be at all. Or maybe it was something along the lines of, like, I mean, the easiest, like, way to have the escalation shown in a safe would be, like, a kid found it, and it turned into a spider. But then, mm-hmm. you know, the mom goes in the room, and it's a bigger spider than the one the kid described, and, like, you know, then the dad is called in, and then the cops are called in, and whatever it is, it keeps changing a little bit, you know, kind of reading off of the people in the room. But, like, you know, it's all, <clears throat> everything that it turns into is, like, evidenced in the kid's bedroom. Because he's just drawing from the media in the kid's bedroom. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these, what's cool is a lot of them are very open to you writing pieces to go along with it. And they call them tales for the sake of the nomenclature on the site. You could very easily write the discovery log for this as a tale and throw it up there. and people, You know, read it, maybe. I think that would be cool. That would be awesome. Yeah, so if you're listening to this as a writer looking for something to do, Please write us the discovery log. How did this thing get uncovered? Yeah. I want to write one where he sees the movie Maniac Cop and then he almost is as bad as a real cop. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, you got to start writing for the site. That way we can totally get banned from it entirely. I wrote one. I wrote one. I did. You did that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not any good, but I wrote one and you should um, do something with it. I don't know. I will will post it up for criticism and see what happens. How about you, Sarah? Have you ever written one? Uh, an official SCP? No. Yeah. I've had a couple of like spooky short stories, but nothing that's like specifically SCP related. Honestly, I didn't get into SCP when it was like the really, really big, like cool new thing. Um, I only semi recently started reading them. I think I started with the IKEA story. Um, was it ever cool? Is this cool? It actually it was. It's funny because I I mean it was. I'm saying so. They're, they're actually I follow a lot of. Um, Oh my gosh, this is going to show my, like, youth here. I follow a lot of uh, Let's Play people on YouTube that do specifically horror games. Yeah. And so they'll do a lot of these um, kind of, like, poorly put together or just, like, you know, honestly, maybe a 10-year-old put it together. Uh, video games that are on, you know, Steam Greenlight or whatever it might be. And a lot of them, um, for a hot minute, were SCP-themed. And so it was, like, you know, you're wandering around something that they built in Unity with all of these, like, old school like really basic features but it's like you're in a basement and each room has a different scp in it or whatever it might be and so it was like interesting but in that kind of like jeff the killer um <laughs> like early creepypasta kind of way yeah, yeah, yeah well and didn't um like all all um assholishness aside or whatever didn't uh, max landis write one yes he did yes he did yeah the um the forensic corpse of tupac shakur or ghost the Forensic Ghost of Tupac Shakur. I haven't read it to you, but we can totally do that. Yeah. So yeah, apparently it, it was. it's at least nominally popular. Yeah, Max Landis just spelunks in this area. Like, that's just a thing. Yeah. But in fairness, though, like, there's a couple of, like, Hollywood producer-level guys who hang out and steal, uh, take it, borrow, are inspired by this. <laughs> <laughs> And that sort of thing. There's a real famous one called the Dionysus House. Dionysius House. Dionysus? Di- no, not the Greek god, but a, a, a meat-eating plant. Oh. And that was a real popular one and because it was really well written. And that was written and put through the creepypasta community by a guy who was trying to sell a script for it. Oh. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, a lot of these could work for the really good, like, short-form... Um, anthology series like twilight zone or whatever yeah they would is oh, yeah. or even um like a vhs or something one of those like horror anthology movies yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but if there were a movie yeah it would have to be anthological anthological yeah i don't think that's yeah. i just made that up um or <laughs> like the one proposal i saw that was kind of an interesting idea was that like 
you focus on one site. So like mm. site 118 is where Roman is hanging out. And it would be just like, here's all of the critters that are going on. And it's like over the course of one day, but you move the camera with each episode to the different entities on that same day or the different scientists on that same day. Yeah, I'd prefer a TV series. I would prefer something like Friday the 13th, the series. Where you're just collecting them and have big hair. Yeah. <laughs> that was a big important part of that series from what I remember. <laughs> but you'd have to keep it small. Like, you couldn't really do the whole, like, global conspiracy part of the film. No, you wouldn't need to. Uh, although, actually, I don't know. I don't know. If you're Friday the 13th, the series one, yeah. But if you're doing more like The Outer Limits, you could. Yeah, so what if it's like one of the scientists, it's like bring your kid to work day and like this like moody teenager has their latest iPhone and is just recording this whole journey? I imagine there is not a bring your kid to work day. <laughs> I imagine. Yeah. Work, uh, maybe. There's, there's, there's some really cool stories about like doctors who made some terrible decisions based on trying to save their children's lives because like it's a struggle you know all of this super science that exists but like you know they ethically don't use them because that's unfair but then like your kid has cancer so you know maybe you steal the one thing that'll help them and it goes really poorly because you know cautionary tale or whatever mm -hmm. yeah torchwood like there's a lot of very torchwoody times yeah did you just do the geek thing of like? I referenced Doctor Who. Oh you, my god! You, and like you <laughs> dismissed the whole storyline to say, "Oh, this is just like this other media that is popular." You yeah. just did that. I think you're fired. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll do better. Oh my god, that's just like that episode of Gundam. See, see how it feels. It feels bad, doesn't it? It's, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna take a shower now. <laughs> no, it really is like that episode of Supernatural, though, the one where the brothers do the thing. Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> and one of them is really good looking and then the other one's also really good looking and then they meet their angel friend who's like really good looking stellar good looking <laughs> he's got the eyes uh Liv we've just turned this into a supernatural fan cast sorry that's okay All right. I, I referenced supernatural on the back of one of my novels you did <laughs> you did that geek thing yeah it's like this but it's this but it's a joke <laughs> my, 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 my version is a joke I said my, my um, story is like supernatural meets fiber yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> supernatural meets fiber is great are they is this are they still running is that a show that's still running yeah yeah Actually, yeah season Just 14 for like two more seasons god they're yeah. gonna 80s by the time it's over it's very weird watching the first season of that show knowing what they look like now mm -hmm. well i mean they sure they're hotter but like they're like children in the first season right you look at the first season yeah I thirst over that guy. Am I going to jail? Yeah, it's it's really kind of weird. <laughs> uh. It's also funny because there are a lot, I mean, so I'm 28 now. There are a lot of, um, like, younger fans in the in the Supernatural community. These, yes. like, you know, 14, 15-year-old girls that are like, oh, my God, like, Jensen Ackles, you're so pretty. And I'm like, he's literally twice your age, like, at least. Can you there please? There are of that show that weren't alive when it premiered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the the SCP community, the the foundation, oh, bringing it back like it's a good. Um, it's <laughs> it's like ten years old, and um, I've since run into fans of the of the, the of this website who are like literally twelve, <laughs> and I want to be like, oh my god, this got started and you were still in diapers. That's amazing. That's Aww. so. And horrifying. I'm so old. Sarah, I'm so old. Okay. <laughs> In our own defense, like, most of the things that I really like are, like, I like some new stuff too, but a lot of the things I like are older than me. That's true. Like, and in, in some of it has even, like, lasted to this day. Like, I'm a big fan of the, um, the Evil Dead movies, and mm -hmm. those came out, they started in the late 70s. And they, that's of course older than me. Yeah. And they just wrapped up the TV series and retired the characters. Yeah. Um, and that's like, you know, 30 some years later. Yeah. So. I, I feel like really heavily, um, like a, a lot of, like, I feel very similarly, basically, because I, partially because of you, Liv, and partially because of being pulling up, 
a lot of the media that I consumed as a, a very, very young child was stuff that was like, you know, five, 10 years old, easy. Yeah. Um, so the stuff that I remember from that time period, like, m- isn't really from my time period. But yes. if I'm hanging out with somebody who's like 10 years older than me, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember watching this when I was three or whatever. Um, they're like, no, you don't. You weren't alive. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just that we had VHSs. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I keep thinking that, like, I, I've watched um, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome about a million times, but most of it was well after its release. Oh, yeah. So when Fury Road came out, you know, hallowed be its name, um, <laughs> when, when Fury Road came out, it didn't occur to me that um, Thunderdome was actually as old as it was. Like, it had been that long since the previous Mad Max. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. So we talked about somebody should write a tale to give us where they found the thing. Yeah. How does this springboard into advice for writers? Because, you know, it's exactly what it's meant to be. Uh, this is not, and so this is not, like, super science-y. No. This is not, like, this is not really something that you, as a scientist, would put on the desk of your boss and say, this is what this thing is about. I, th- I think that there's a good, there's a good argument. And this is going to be hard, giving writing advice for every single one. Uh, you can just talk in generality. It's going to be, okay, so... I think there's something to be said for the fact that you have to apply your own logic to what you're doing. And that's like immediately whenever we read the last thing, the addendum at the end, I think the addendum is a really cool idea, but that if you apply that logic to the rest of it, you kind of have to rewrite it in order to make it fit. Mm. Um, Because if you apply that logic to what's going on, you need to have guidelines and the special containment procedures and stuff like that. And that can be, that could actually make it a more, Robust piece. I like this a lot. Don't get me wrong, but I think that it would be a lot more robust if there were some like obscure rules to the special containment. Like you know, don't show it kaiju movies. Um, yeah. You know, we have to we have to be mindful. Like, don't show it X, Y, and Z. Don't do like apocalypse level events. Oh yeah, no movies with apocalypse level events. Yeah. yeah. Don't show it Evangelion. Jesus fuck. <laughs> Yeah, that would be a fun thing too. Just a, a series of movies that you're to show it. Yeah, they're, they're, or like they accidentally showed it once and then realized immediately how bad of an idea. And yeah, so like they had to set it down. And like, um, here's Killer Clowns from Outer Space, and it's like, oh, oh, okay, okay, I'll do this because this is really scary instead yeah. of destroying the world. If you did a series of like interview and experiment logs where like it subtly shows that man uh, SCP two thousand six has like has a taste and the reason that you don't have to worry that much is ultimately because he prefers goofy movies but he has to reconcile it with his own instinct desire to scare people so like you know he's kind of playing along too he prefers rubber monsters to like actual horror yeah well maybe it's because of his lack of understanding maybe he's like more into the scream queen style film right um, like, if you have a woman shrieking out loud, that's clearly scarier than Godzilla, right? Right, right, right. Uh, because there's someone screaming louder. <laughs> so, like, there's that. But, like, but if you showed him something that was, like, truly deep down inside scary, like, I don't know. Jacob's ladder, it, ladder or something. That one's pretty, like, that one's in your face. But I feel like if you showed him, like, Sophie's Choice. Oh, sure. That's scary on a different level that he would totally not process. Mm. Or, you know, they live or something. Scary. <laughs> Right, but so we could talk about like the levels of scary and which ones affect him. And for him, like the only ones he really is able to grasp is specifically. Oh man! But so it could be it could be really fun if um, phrased it like um, one of the old um, like censorship lists. Yeah. Like the movies that are not allowed to be. Right. Uh, and and you're like, what is this? Is this like trying to? protect my shitty american sensibilities oh no it's uh, like that right. yeah you don't really put it together until you get all the way through and discover oh i see why you couldn't show him that yeah, yeah. that makes sense well and because he has a um he has a weird requirement he he needs a movie every month like you have the opportunity there for um a a film board like you have a, a committee of of agents who have to sit down and watch these movies, and then you see silhouettes over them over the movie, <laughs> and then they laugh. At, oh wait! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did. Oh my god! That's how they find 
the rift tracks, isn't it? They yeah. actually secretly work for the, the foundation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but no, like you would have a committee of people who would watch these movies and determine what is and is not okay. Right. Like they would have a certain set of criteria that they have to judge these things on um, and determine. A, a criterion. Yeah, 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 I get yeah. Okay. I get yeah. Okay. Um, so you'd have a committee and then you would also have to have the, um, you would have to have the film crew that I was talking about earlier yeah. in order to make films to like sort of sway those, those things and keep them in check. Um, because like, he's going to watch a movie and he's going to be like, Oh, this, this Jason Voorhees guy, that's scary. And then like, he's threatening to stab people. And then you're like, Hmm, maybe we should do, um, maybe we should do another movie about clowns this month. And, but you've run out. So you have to make them. Yeah. Um, because you have to temper his sensibilities. Or you could do it time style. Never, ever, ever, <laughs> ever, ever do a thing time Simon style. Where you cut up parts from movies and just film science guys um, and women in dresses being frightened of it, but uh -huh. it's all like clipped together from older other movies. Mm -hmm. Like a Beastie Boys video or something. Yeah, like a Beastie Boys video. Yeah. Or just show them Beastie Boys videos. No, wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. just show Lordy. <laughs> just Lordy. That would be so good. Oh my god, I love the Monster Man. Anyhow, um, yeah, don't show Marvel Horror. or Shape of Water. <laughs> That's a horror movie. That's a love story. <laughs> I'm just. I, I do not want this thing to know Slender Man. I realize I am the only one in the world still afraid of Slender Man, but I am. And you know I, what, Mina? Have you? Uh, I know that like uh, movie releases are different. Uh, are y'all? Do you have Slender Man the movie? Not yet. Are you so I saw it in theaters, and I have strong opinions about it. Is it terrible? <laughs> okay, so that's my argument. Is I I'm a horror connoisseur. You know, I've I've tried it all. I know about a lot of it. Um, <laughs> I think that there's a place for all different kinds of horror, and sometimes people forget that. Right. You know, so it's like. Oh, Slender Man's getting a really bad rap because it's like not great and it kind of came out almost around the same time as Hereditary which was great yeah and it, th those aren't in the same those aren't the same genre just because they're horror um you know maybe you want to see a horrifying movie about like family matters etc you watch Hereditary but if you want to see a movie about some silly teenage girls conjuring a ghost from the internet you watch Slender Man mm. I see the first review I just looked it up because I'm gonna see um, and the first review says, Slender Man is just a bad movie and bad in every possible way. <laughs> That's what I mean. I mean, it's not, I'm not going to say it's a good movie. I'm not going to say that it's like a critically great movie in any way. But I think that it was like, it had a lot of really interesting cinematography that it tried to do. Some of it worked, some of it didn't. Mm -hmm. um, the acting of the little ones weren't bad, wasn't bad. Like for young actors, they were doing a pretty decent job with what they had. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like the effects weren't great, but you know, what movie are they great in anymore? It's all a mess. So I feel like whenever you get those like, you know, black and white reviews where it's like, this movie's terrible and you should never watch it. People mm -hmm. sometimes forget that maybe that movie wasn't meant for you and that's okay. Right? Yeah. Well, this, it's going to have a sequel. There's no fucking way not. It, well, this is really. It has a budget of $10 million. It made $43 million. Bless them. That's some fucking bank. Is, are they, is this Bloomhouse? Um, I, I believe it's a Bloomhouse. I, I'm pretty sure it's a Bloomhouse, but I'm not sure. Like, they make everything, so I figure. Um, they've, for, they've got it down to an art. Art's not the worst. Bloomhouse co-produced Stranded, the television show that I was on. Oh! oh. Yeah, Sarah was on a TV show. She's famous. La-di-da. It was six years ago, and I still talk about it, like, on my first dates. I'm like, <laughs> did you was on TV, and I hunted ghosts on an island. Look. We know people who like brag about the time that in, in college they went to Spain and did a homestay or whatever, <laughs> and like that's when they peaked. Your story much cooler. Your peak it's is my like homecoming game tackle, like golden years story. <laughs> yeah, I did four touchdowns in a single game. Well, I hunted ghosts on TV. Exactly. <laughs> you win every fucking time. And frankly, if they don't want you at your stranded, they don't deserve you at your terror behind the walls. <laughs> it's true <laughs> if you're listening to this um externally if you're not um aware uh sarah's actually a makeup and effects artist for terror behind the walls a haunted house in the philadelphia area so if you're in philadelphia it's it's at eastern state penitentiary 
yep, Eastern State Penitentiary over in Fairmount. Um, it's actually one of the consistently top rated haunted houses. It's almost always on the top 10 list somewhere, usually on like travel channel and stuff. It's my favorite job. It's very cool. Yeah. You can find all kinds of great videos on the internet, but if you're in the area or anywhere in distance, you should go. It's Absolutely. really awesome. You should go three times. It's actually, it's, it's pretty wild. We sold tickets. Um, I didn't get the stats for last season, but the season before that, we sold ticket tickets to all 50 states and like 53 other countries. So people from all these different places come to Philadelphia for Terror Behind the Walls, which is pretty crazy. That's pretty badass. I wish I could go. Yeah, but yeah. going back to the States. Yeah, I'm never going to America. It's scarier than century. What we should do is we should just bring Sarah here and have her put makeup on the kids. Oh my God. Experience no, she needs to go to the Japanese um, haunted houses. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because it's it's open year round, right? Yeah, they have them year round, and they're terrifying. They're so they're like shit your pants scary. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's my favorite kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> so not too spooky scary, but shit your pants scary. Yes. <laughs> now we have a scale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brown pants scary. Brown pants. <laughs> What's your favorite B movie horror monster? Okay, so there's this movie Memorial Day Massacre. Okay. And it takes place in a some kind of. A national park in America somewhere. And it is basically about this kid who got abandoned in the national park and then became a caveman for some reason because he was abandoned in a national park. And he has like a leopard print, like um, butt flap situation and also knows how to disable a car so you can't get away. So he's really scary. <laughs> is that the one where they throw a kid in a sleeping bag up against a tree and it explodes? No, that's Jason X, the oh. Friday the 13th movie where he's in space, and it's a hologram. <laughs> Whenever he could have answered, could not have, like, there's no, I could not have prepared for that answer. <laughs> could have seen that coming. That was, a, that was so bad. All right, how about you? What's your favorite B-movie monster? Does it have to be a movie? What the hell does that mean? Well, I have, there's an episode of The Outer Limits. Okay. There's an episode. <laughs> Outer Limits with these little, uh, they're not little, they're large ant-like creatures that make a weird- I remember that because you used to traumatize me with those noises. <laughs> it was just about re reintroducing trauma. You just brought that up. I, I can go to therapy tomorrow now. Thanks. You're a bad person. You don't copay in America. <laughs> You're a bad person and you should feel bad. I'm just saying, Japan has universal health care. You should come to Japan. <laughs> But anyway, in an episode of The Outer Limits, there's these large ant-like things that make a very human noise. It's like, ah, <laughs> terrifying, um, as, as Sarah's 20-year-old trauma has suggested. And they're my favorite. <laughs> when you asked, what, does it have to be from a movie? There was like a 30% chance you were going to get up, go into the closet, and like just <laughs> be movie monster. And you're going to be like, it's this one. I don't have an answer for that question. I asked it, and I don't have an answer for it, because I love all the movie monsters equally, and it would be fair to make me choose a favorite, but my favorite is Roman. <laughs> what about what about the um, the creatures from Astro Zombies? Oh, shit, those are good. Yeah. Would they have to put a flashlight on their forehead to charge themselves up at night? Yeah. Yeah. We all do, you know? Solar-powered. They're solar-powered Astro Man. And by solar powered, I mean flashlights. Yes. All right. Um, where can the people find you, Sarah, if they want to find you in ways that don't upset you? <laughs> Thanks for the clarification there. Um, <laughs> you're, you're plugging now is what ha is happening. Gotcha. That was a real smooth segue. You really okay. do know your segues. Shit. I even know how to Well, it's just because of the, there's the motorized standy thing that's spelled differently and it gets yeah. confused. Most of my life, I thought that's how it was spelled, and I'm embarrassed. But anyway. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I'm at the Sarah Gates almost everywhere. Like, just my name, S-A-R-A, no H, please, God, no H. No and H. then Gates and Hill Gates. You can also find me at www.thesarahgates.com. Oh, you got a website and everything. And a Patreon. And a Patreon, yep. It's all okay. linked in my socials. What do you do on the Patreon? What do people get? Um, so there are a couple of different levels, uh, including but not limited to my own Discord channel, where I hang out and show you some behind-the-scenes stuff from Terror and from my life and building monsters in my home. And then some of the higher tiers get things like uh, bi-monthly, every other month, uh, gift boxes with handmade art um, and sculpted spooky pins and masks and all kinds of good stuff. 
Is that the tooth mask thing? I do have the tooth mask thing, yes. <laughs> yeah, you go to her website and find the tooth mask thing and never sleep. <laughs> That's my <laughs> advice to you. Um, okay, Liv, you got a plug? Because we should plug at the end of these things. Right? Yeah, actually, right now, um, I'm doing pre-orders for my new novel. It's called Ultra. Um, we've talked a little bit about the MK Ultra experiments on these uh, this podcast, yes. um, where um, the U.S. government was basically trying to make um, psychic super soldiers to fight communists. Yes. Um, well, I basically, in my new novel, Ultra, it's children of people who were part of that experiment, and like the government basically has like fumbled and mishandled the project from day one, but now they want those kids back and those kids are like 25 now. Yeah. Um, and the kids don't want to be back because that means cages and being super weapons. Um, so they go on a road trip to basically find the truth about what's going on and stop it. And there's um, Elvis and aliens and psychic powers and really bad jokes about nineties media. Um, and it's up for pre-order right now and you should go pre-order it because it's really good. Okay, we'll try to link to that too. So we'll link to Sarah's doobly-doo and your doobly-doo. Uh-huh. And uh, for me, I won a creepypasta contest. There is a podcast that actually inspired this podcast by the name of uh, Undercooked Analysis out of the Creative Horror Network. Yeah, that's the They did a contest where they asked people to write a very short ritual pasta. Make it not suck. So I came in number two, um, and it was very close. I'm told it was very close between. Mine was just too real. Mine was like just too deeply horrible. upsetting. Deeply, deeply upsetting. So they they went with one for the number one slot that was kind of also funny, but also deeply disturbing. Uh -huh. That was awesome, and I will share the link to that podcast because you should be listening to that anyway. Hear my story, and I'm sorry actually if you. But I'm Ooh. very, very sorry. Okay. Okay, I think that that's good. That wraps it up. All right. So bye bye. Love you. <laughs> Thing now. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. SCP two zero zero six is by Wei Zong, and is read here under the same license. This podcast and content read within are released Creative Commons Share Alike Attribution three license. Music is by Abysme with a Creative Commons attribution license. No water iguana were harmed in the making of this podcast.